All right, good morning or afternoon or whenever y'all watch this. If you're not watching it live, I'll give a minute or two for some eyeballs to pop up. Let's me know y'all know I'm here. There's an eyeball. And a couple more. All right, so folks are starting to show up. I'm a little late this morning, but provided Lowe's Wi-Fi doesn't go down, I shouldn't go anywhere. Um, I'm sitting in the Lowe's parking lot watching people go in to buy, well, you know, home stuff. Uh, it's a popular, popular pastime right now. Um... I'm not good at killing time. Alright, so. Um, I'll start off with, uh, I guess, some announcements. That's what we do on Sunday morning, right? After the first song. Um, we are going to do our best next week uh, to have a church service. The plan at the moment is to be in the uh, bus barn parking lot. Um, oh, by the way, my apologies to John Bridges when he watches this for the portrait uh, view, not the landscape view, but my steering wheel won't hold it in landscape view. So, John, there's your explanation. Um, we will have a, a service next Sunday at 10.30 in the bus barn parking lot. That's the plan right now looks like that's going to be fine. Everything will work out. We've got a portable sound system. We might have power by then. We might have power this morning at the church. I don't know. It's hard to tell. They've got generators running the whole place, so we don't really know when we get power and when we don't. But uh, uh, by then, we may have power. If not, we have generators to run the sound system. The, uh, the thing you'll need to do, though, is it will be uh, BYOC. Bring your own chair for the uh, service. Uh, BYOU, bring your own umbrella because it's going to be hot unless it's raining. And if it's raining, then we'll try to figure out what we're going to do. We are looking for one of those big tents that covers a whole bunch of people. And pardon me for a moment, I'm about to be hit by a guy who can't park very well. Uh, okay, he's got it figured out now. Big truck. Um, uh we're trying to get one of those tents, but who knows if we'll have it, so it might just be hot. If it ends up being rainy next Sunday morning, eh, we'll try to figure something out. But uh, at the moment, plan to have church at 1030 in the parking lot next Sunday. Uh, we also are going to have, uh, this is for our, our church members, we're going to have a business meeting next Sunday night at 5 p.m. We didn't get to have our August 30th business meeting for obvious reasons um, so we'll have uh, we'll, we'll conduct some of that business and then we've got other things to discuss get caught up on where we are as a church what's going on with the building that sort of thing uh, we will be a uh, uh, couple other things we'll have to vote on but we'll be announcing that um, anyway we uh, so we'll have that business meeting 5 p.m. That'll be at the church somewhere. 
Uh, maybe in the fellowship hall. I don't know if it'll be cleared out and ready for that or not. We'll 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 gonna try to get that done. Um, if not, it'll just be in a parking lot too. So uh, plan on that next Sunday. Uh, we are. I wish I could tell you how much, how many supplies we've given out, how many people we've helped over the last two weeks, but I can't, I have no clue. I know we've given away, Etta sitting beside me, so that's why I'm looking at her, uh, probably eight to ten generators, um, maybe double that on air conditioning units. I, th I think we've got a list somewhere of, of what all we've been able to give away. Um, and then truckloads of supplies. We've got another truckload, trailer load coming tomorrow. Um, all of our, out of our bus barn. Uh, we're open, the, the bus barn's open from 12 to 5, Monday through Saturday. You just come and you shop just like you would at a grocery store, uh, except uh, there's no checkout. So, uh, uh, now we don't have any more generators or air conditioners that I'm aware of. So don't, don't message or call asking for those. We, we gave those out pretty early, but, uh, food, cleaning supplies, paper products, those sorts of things we've got plenty of. So that's what we've been doing. Uh, Tom and Amy have been doing an incredible job of organizing our volunteers that are, are clearing yards and those sorts of things providing food cooking for us or whoever walks up um, that's all been taken care of by them and uh, we'll have more uh, detailed updates on all that at our business meeting next Sunday night all right so gonna start off this morning um, with another song that I think uh, kind of captures where we are or certainly where we need to be uh, I think most of y'all will know this one when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, Though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul it is well with my soul 
is well with my soul, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. All right, so I'm still in Nehemiah this week, and let me remind you that these are not text-driven sermons. Um, they, uh, I don't want to do damage to the text, but basically I'm reading these passages and seeing just pretty much how it speaks to me in this particular time. So uh, I'm not going to do a lot of an exa of examination of the, of the the text just like I didn't do it last week but um, gonna I'm just looking at some some parallels to where we are uh, to what we're reading in Nehemiah and um, you know not uh, again not damaging not misusing the text but just seeing all right what were they going through? Is it similar to what we're going through? So, especially at the end of this one, my, my third point uh, this morning, it's it's not exactly one-to-one -one at all, but it's the, it's the frame of mind it put me in as I, I read the passage. So, Nehemiah chapter 4 is uh, where I'm reading. And last week we talked about, we read about all the different people. What did I say? Some 40-something, what, 49? I've got it written down here somewhere. 49 people or groups, best I could count, that um, took part in the rebuilding of the wall around Jerusalem uh, after the Babylonian exile and when Artaxerxes, king of Persia, let Nehemiah go back to Jerusalem to start rebuilding the wall. Um, and we ended on the passage, uh, we ended at 
Nehemiah 4, 6, where Nehemiah says, So we rebuilt the wall until the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had the will to keep working. And we ended last week with uh, the idea that we have to have the will to keep working. But we, I looked at it not from the standpoint of it's our responsibility as church people to rebuild the physical structure of the church, but it's our responsibility as the people of the church to, uh, as the, the wall around Jerusalem was its defense, uh, it's our responsibility as the people of the church to build our wall of unity and uh, fellowship maybe in some cases rebuild the wall of unity and fellowship especially after the pandemic and now the hurricane uh, to to be our defense against disunity and disintegration um, talked about how the this of the pandemic than the hurricane is not going to be easy for uh, churches all across southwest Louisiana struggle the more the more damage they have the more um, they are displaced then the more difficult it will be to overcome it that's just uh, the the nature of it uh, so it's going to take the work of the people to make sure that that doesn't happen the people coming together and working to build this spiritual wall of uh, of unity of uh, as a defense against uh, fragmentation and disunity. So that's where we left it. The people had the will to keep working. They were doing the, the job that was necessary in order to rebuild the wall. And I talked about last week that there was there were issues uh, come up and the issues were in the form of people coming against what was going on, trying to stop the rebuilding of the wall. And there are going to be people that uh, come against us as a church body uh, to attempt to stop the rebuilding of our spiritual wall of, of unity. I mean, I'm already hearing of, of people saying First Baptist Church will never meet again and that sort of thing. And that's just not true. Uh, that this is a major tragedy but it's it's temporary it's uh it's, it's a, as i said a couple of weeks ago it's a it's a physical tragedy but it's not one that can't be overcome so uh already people and y'all whoever's watching may know of others who have said certain things well we're going to read about uh this morning sandballot tobiah and a whole bunch of other folks in uh nehemiah 4 7 through 23 it says, When Sadanballot, Tobiah, and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard that the repair to the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and that the gaps were being closed, they became furious. These people got mad because Jerusalem was rebuilding. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. So we prayed to our God and stationed a guard because of them day and night. In Judah it was said, The strength of the laborer fails since there is so much, since there is so much rubble. We will never be able to be, rebuild the wall. And our enemies said they won't realize it until we're among them and can kill them and stop the work. 
When the Jews who lived nearby arrived, they said to us time and again, everywhere you turn, they attack. They attack us. So I stationed the people behind the lowest sections of the wall at the vulnerable areas. I stationed them, stationed them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord and fight for your countrymen, your sons and daughters, your wives and homes. When our enemies heard that we knew their scheme and that God had frustrated it, every one of us returned to his own work on the wall. From that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers supported all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. The laborers who carried the loads worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Each of the builders had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building, and the trumpeter was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is enormous and spread out, and we are separated far from one another along the wall. Wherever you hear the trumpet sound, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So he continued the work while half of the men were holding spears from daybreak until the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, Let everyone and his servants spend the night inside Jerusalem so that they can stand guard by night and work by day. And I, my brothers, my servants, and the men of the guard with me never took off our clothes. Each carried his weapon, even when washing. So three, three broader points I want to make from uh, this passage and uh, drill down on them a little bit and, and, and talk about some things. Uh, First off, uh, first point, well, if I had a title, it's a sword and a trowel. Uh, we've got two jobs to do right now as a, as a church. Uh, and, and that hits home really at the end of the passage. But first, uh, as we rebuild our wall, both the spiritual wall that we as a church body are, are uh, rebuilding, and the physical walls of the the church or at least not the walls but the roof and everything inside it um enemies are going to try to sow disunity now we saw that in verses 7 through 12 and i think it's so um telling in verse 11 it said our enemies said they won't realize it until we're among them and can kill them and stop the work the sad part about the enemies coming against us as a church is that it will be many of your friends. Uh, it will be friends of yours who will come and try to stop the work, try to keep us from from rebuilding, try to keep us from unity. I mean, they they may invite you to other churches. Uh, just go ahead and go somewhere else and. If the Lord's calling you to another church, then I'm not going to stand in the way of what the Lord's telling you. I'm going to try to convince you not to do what the Lord's telling you to do. But the tragedy of this situation will not be the difficulty in rebuilding. It will be how the devil uses enemies to cause problems and to sow disunity and dissension among our church members. I mean, again... The whole purpose of, of last week's message, devotional thought, is that we have got to build a spiritual defense against that very thing. It is our unity, it is our coming together that is going to keep us from being divided and will be the defense against those that would come and say that uh, 
the Lord's not in it or it's useless or it can never be rebuilt or, or all these other things that are going to be said along the way. And, um, you know, some of you may be shaking your head with incredulity. There's just no way that's going to happen. And I guarantee you there are some of you that are listening that are nodding, saying, yep, it's already happened. So it will. And it, it is, it's very sad that it will. But we've got to understand that that's going to happen. Preparation is, is, is part of it. Knowing what's, what's coming will help us when the time comes. And there's nothing we can do about it uh, other than just to have built up our spiritual wall of defense as a church and take those opportunities to come together. I know if we're outside next Sunday morning, and what's the temperature right now out here? 87. I think it's supposed to be a little cooler starting next weekend. Um, we might be in the mid-70s this time of the morning, uh, next Sunday morning. It's going to be uncomfortable, and we're not going to want to uh, do it. It's going to be hot, and we're going to be sweaty, and it's going to be um, difficult. As a matter of fact, there's... Uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Who cares? Um, there's a place in later on... Um, in verse 19 where Nehemiah says the work is enormous and spread out and we are separated far from one another boy if that doesn't describe our church right now we, the work is spread out and we are separated far from one another but he's, he's gonna talk about and I'm gonna say it again at the end when you hear the trumpet come together y'all when we have opportunity to come together we've got to come together uh, it may be icky, sticky, outside, sweaty uh, on a Sunday morning. It may be uh, a, a business meeting on a Sunday night. It may be handing out groceries and, and helping folks in need in our community um, at the bus barn on weekday afternoons. But those are all opportunities for us to come together as a church to rebuild that spiritual wall so that we are constantly connected and in, our, in this separation, this separation that we've been experiencing since March March y'all um, and here's here's uh, just a, a snippet of, of timeline for you chances are now it'll depend on when everything's built, the order in which things are rebuilt, will it be the gym first, the sanctuary first, the children's building first which will take longer, all these sorts of things. Our rebuild will take six months. Um, just go ahead and, and kind of get that in your cal your calendar in your head. That doesn't mean we'll be out of the gym or, and or the sanctuary for six months, but the rebuild will take that long. So it could be another three months, four months, I don't know, before we can come together as a body in one of our buildings all at the same time in one place. Um, if the gym gets done first, if it's quicker and easier, then we have a place to meet. If uh, the sanctuary is the focus and it wouldn't take much longer than the gym to do, then we'll have a place to meet. But until one of those two buildings is completed, we won't have a place to meet on our campus um, for, for months. So, We've got to take every opportunity to come together and to 
as a family. That spiritual wall that I talked about last week. Second point um, comes from verses 13 and 14. Nehemiah says, So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall at the vulnerable areas. I stationed them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. So you hear not just us coming together uh, to build this spiritual wall, but as individual families, as individual groups, um, small groups. We're not really doing that right now, but maybe you have groups that are meeting together just because. Uh, you, you need some, you know, you need some... Uh, adult time. You need uh, to get together with your. You get that. Do that. That's. Uh, those are times when we, as small groups, family groups, whatever you want to call them, come together to individually defend the unity of our church. It'll be in those times. Those 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 smaller groups. The one family. The two families. The three families, where most of the enemies will try to show up. Uh, it, it will be on social media, as helpful as it is sometimes. It's not always. Um, those will be the times when the enemies will come in and try to bring disunity and uh, bring fragmentation to our church. Those small groups will have to defend those spots. Those families will have to defend those spots. But what I want to really focus on is verse 13, or 14 rather. After I made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officers, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord. Our focus is not the building. That's, that's, the, that's what we have to work on right now. But our purpose is not a building. Our, our purpose is the mission. Our purpose is to make disciples, and as I said two weeks ago, the building is a tool to do that. And we are looking forward to the opportunity of, of uh, rebuilding in a manner that helps us reach our vision, fulfill our mission even better. That's, that's one of the purposes we are going into this with. As a matter of fact, that's the only purpose we're going into this rebuild with, is how will the things, the decisions we're going to make, the things we're going to do, fulfill the mission and vision that God has given us. Last I checked, God has not uh, revoked the calling on First Baptist Church to make disciples of uh, our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We still have that calling. We still have that imperative on us as a church. No matter how many people are attending, no matter how many people are coming, that's still our job. So we have got to keep in mind through all of this, when the enemies come, when the work gets hard, our we focus on or the one person we focus on as Nehemiah put it, is our great and awe-inspiring Lord. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're giving out groceries at, uh, at the bus barn every day. And let me tell you, it's hot out there to do that. But it's a lot hotter for folks who don't have uh, electricity, don't have a generator, don't have an air conditioner in their home right now. So the, the little sacrifice of, of exhaustion and heat uh, that we feel when we finally close everything up at 5 o'clock, 
that's worth it to reach out and share the love of our great and awe-inspiring Lord with a community that is hurting. It's not just First Baptist Sulphur that's hurting, as all of y'all sitting there right now know. It is an entire community, and it reaches to the coast, north from the state line, east. So we, we all are feeling this. But we as the church have the unique and best message for a lost and hurting world. God loves you. Let's share the love of that awe-inspiring, uh, great and awe-inspiring Lord. Because our goal is to, 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 to please Him, right? That, that's the only reason we exist. It's the only reason we do the things that we do. It's to please the Lord by fulfilling the mission and the vision that He's given us. So, He's called us, First Baptist Church of Sulphur, He's called these people who make up the body of believers and the people who will make up the body of believers uh, First Baptist Church of Sulphur in the future. He has called us. Uh, I could just, this is a, an aside here. We could almost had church here in the parking lot at Lowe's because I'm seeing church members all over the place this morning. Um, uh, Ed Grabowski's behind me. The Saltzmans are in there now just for y'all who are curious what I'm talking about. Um, he has called us. He has placed us here in First Baptist uh, in in Sulphur, and here's the thing: until he removes the lampstand, and he'll until he tells us our job is done, he's going to protect us and preserve us as a church, as a church family, as a church body, so long as we stay focused on the mission and vision. Now, if we get sidetracked, if we um, decide that more thing that other things are more important than the vision or mission then I fully anticipate and believe he will remove the lampstand and we'll dry up and if that's if, if we've forgotten the mission and vision we need to dry up but if we stay focused on the vision and the mission that he has us in to make disciples of all nations starting here in sulfur then we'll never go anywhere we will be here until Jesus comes back, provided we're stuck with the mission and vision. And the enemies won't matter. Those who come against us, that won't make a bit of difference to how we proceed and, and how, how we function because we will have only pleasing our great and awe-inspiring Lord in mind as we do these things. Point number three. So, first one, as we rebuild our wall, enemies are coming. Second point, we must remember our master, who we're here to serve. And third point, we must remember our mission, right? So I've talked about the mission already. Stay focused on it. Well, what is that mission? Well, verses 15 uh, through 23, when our enemies heard that we knew their scheme and that God had frustrated every one of us returned to his own work on the wall, from that day on, half my men did the work, while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers supported all the people of Judah who were build, rebuilding the wall. The laborers who carried the loads worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. They worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Each of the builders had a sword strapped around his waist. They slept in the city. And this is where he said, The work is enormous and spread out, and we are separated far from one another along the wall. Wherever you hear the trumpet sound, 
rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. They ended up having to do two jobs at once. They had to, they were building the defense and defending at the same time. Y'all can't see that I'm holding up both hands. Building and defending one, a, a sword and a trowel, uh, one in each hand, so they could do both jobs at the same time. Y'all, we're going to have to do both jobs at the same time. We've got to rebuild our spiritual wall. We've got to maintain unity and fight against the enemies that would bring uh, fragmentation to our church and try to tear down the work that we're doing. But at the same time, we can't get so focused on ourselves that we forget that our mission, our focus is actually the outside world. Sunday mornings are, are vital to the life of the church. But they are vital to the life of the church because they are a time when believers come to be uh, to be recharged from the previous week's work of ministry and charged up for the next week's work of ministry. We come to church on Sunday morning and we gather and we worship together and we study God's Word together to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. So that's that's what Sunday morning is for. So we can't get so focused on our unity our rebuilding our spiritual wall that we forget that we're supposed to be reaching the world. We have a trowel and we have a sword. Uh, Nehemiah's people <clears throat> were armed to defend. They were armed to do the work and armed to defend. That was their two jobs. We, as a church, have to be armed to do the work with the tools that we need to build our spiritual wall, but we have to remember that we um, also have the other job of fighting lostness. That's the, here's where I don't go exactly with what uh, they were doing in the text. They were defending their lives. It was a defensive posture. We are going to have to take a, an offensive posture. We're going to have to continue to reach our community through this time, even as we rebuild ourselves. I mean, this is this is true as we rebuild our church building. We've got to remember the focus. We've got to remember the vision, the mission. What is our mission? What do we do? What do we have to do in order to fulfill that mission? And our rebuild will be guided by the mission that we have to reach the world. How can we best do that with the resources that we'll have to do the rebuild? Those are questions we're going to be asking as we move down the path. We remember our mission. We have to remember our mission as we rebuild our spiritual wall as well that I talked about last week. Our unity isn't for ourselves. It is wonderful. It is, it is priceless to have a church family that you can minister together with and worship together with and hang out together with during the week and, and share burdens and share pains and come together and cut trees out of yards and all these things that we're having to do right now. But our unity isn't just for ourselves. Our unity is to equip us for the work of making disciples. 
because when we come together, that's when we can make disciples. Now, we have to do it individually. Don't I don't mean to say that we only make disciples when we gather as a church. I'm going back to what I said earlier, that we come together to recharge and be prepared to make disciples. But, but we aren't called as a church to make disciples absent the church. It's not the uh, the the organization's job to make disciples. It's the people's jobs to make disciples. But the people are part of a body, are part of a, a group. So we, as we rebuild this spiritual wall, we are coming together. We are uh, creating unity. We are rebuilding unity. We are defending against disunity and fragmentation even as we are separated so that we can then both as a group and as individuals minister the way we need to in this incredibly difficult time that's following on the heels of an incredibly difficult time. So my charge this morning after this well, devotional thought that's nearly as long as most of my sermons um, is pick up a sword and a trowel. We've got two jobs right now as church people. We've got to do the hard work of unity. We've got to do the hard work of defending our church, our body, our family against the, the, the outside forces that will seek to tear us apart. And we've got to do the hard spiritual battle of making disciples even in the midst of this very difficult time when we're all kind of pulling our hair out going what in the how in the world are we going to do ministry right now like i said right now the only ministry we can do or at least what we can do best is that six days a week from noon to five when we are being the hands of feet hands and feet of jesus and literally given a cup of cold, well, lukewarm water uh, to somebody in need. So, pick up a trowel, pick up a sword. Y'all, let's get to work. It's gonna be a long slog. It's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be painful. And folks are gonna come against us. But that is no match for our great and awe-inspiring God. Let's pray. And this time it won't be a second segment or a sixth segment. The prayer will follow right after the end of the message. God, we thank you for an awe-inspiring God. Lord, I thank you that, that you're not done with this church. A, a pandemic can't kill the church. It can't kill the church universal, period. But Lord, until, until you have said First Baptist Church is done, they no longer have uh, a ministry, they no longer have a mission or a vision, we are fully, just like we've always been, dependent on you and willing to do uh, the work, as Nehemiah said in 4.6. God, we pray that we will build this spiritual wall, but Lord, that we would defend that wall against the enemies that will come against us. We would defend against Satan's tactics to bring disunity to our church, to continue to hurt us because his whole purpose is to keep the gospel from going out. And he'll do whatever he can, and, and we realize that, and he'll use us, he'll use individuals. 
family sometimes to, to do those things. And it will be subtle. They will be among us and we won't even know it. Lord, we need your wisdom to see those things, to hear you speak, and to trust in our great and awe-inspiring Lord. And God, as we rebuild that wall, may we never lose focus on you, and may we never lose focus on the calling that we have. May everything we do be for the purpose of the mission and vision of reaching the world for Jesus, making disciples. God, I pray that years and years and years after I am dead and gone, First Baptist Church of Sulphur, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, will still be making disciples of the, to the ends of the earth. God, let the next chapter, the next phase, whatever we want to call it, begin with this new beginning that we have. Uh, we thought the pandemic was going to bring about new beginnings and then a hurricane. And Lord, we really, if it's okay with you, don't need a third thing. We're fine with the two. Um, let this be what you're doing or let this be you using these things to purify your church, to focus us, Lord, and to do great things in the future through us. And I pray that prayer for every church in the area. God, we're not the only ones that are going to be going through similar things. We're not the only ones suffering and struggling right now. And I pray for them as well, that these would be high points, not low points. These would be high points, points that we look back on and say, that's when God really started using us. And we saw changes in our community because of our church. Lord, may it be, and we know it, it absolutely can be, if we focus on you, focus on our mission, because you are our great and awe-inspiring Lord. And we thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, thank you all for joining me this morning. I hope to see you all uh, next Sunday morning, uh, 10.30, again, tentatively at the uh, bus barn parking lot, um, and we'll have more information on that on our uh, main Facebook page, and then if you, we will have information about our business meeting Sunday night on our church members' Facebook page, uh, we'll, we'll post that. So, see you later. Uh, do your best to stay cool today, um, whatever that takes. All right? Love y'all. See you later. Bye-bye.